Oh, oh, one more thing. Yes, Just One More Thing, a podcast all about Columbo. I'm John Morris. And I'm R.J. White. This time we're talking about A Case of Immunity, originally broadcast October 12th, 1975, written by Lou Shaw, James Menzies, directed by Ted Post and starring Hector Elizondo, Michelle Minio, and very briefly, Jeff Goldblum, and of course, Peter Falk as Columbo. And every episode of the podcast, we are joined by a special guest to help us discuss Columbo. This time around, we're welcoming law professor from the University of Cincinnati, Emily Ho. But before we bring her on, RJ, uh, exhibit for us the wonders of the proud nation of Suaria. <laughs> oh, John, the Middle East is always a hotbed of controversy and conflict. Countless nations vying for influence and power. Khmed, Lugash, Ishtar, Pianistan, Otar, Kumar, Bialya, familiar names all. And now, there are worries about the nation of Suaria, especially now that the boy king, Hamid Kamal, is taking over from his father. What are his intentions? Who knows? What certainly doesn't help is the head of his embassy murdering the legation security chief to cover up the theft of 600,000 bucks, plus his sloppy attempt to pin it on the protesters outside and then killing his accomplice. As luck would have it, a case of mistaken identity puts Captain Klimo, uh, I'm sorry, uh, Lieutenant Colombo on the scene ready to sift through the clues in a handsome tuxedo. But will he end up causing an international incident in the process? What kind of justice will be served? Suarian, or that of the always even-keeled LAPD? <laughs> Emily, welcome to the program. Hello, thank you for having me. Um, why did, why did you choose this episode in particular? Actually, wait, no, hold on. Uh, the one we usually ask our, our first-time uh, guests... Uh, what, what's your history with Columbo, actually? Let's start with that. Okay, so my history of, with Columbo goes way back. I um, first started watching it when I was, I don't know, maybe in 11. Mm -hmm. um, it come on uh, in syndication um, in Detroit. Yes, okay. yes, that's we right. Channel 4 Detroit, Sunday mornings. <laughs> Sunday mornings. That's right, Sunday mornings. Rotating I think through. That's the right. see Mystery Wheel. That's right. Yes. So I, I think my the first episode I ever watched was either Forgotten Lady or Oh wow. By Don's Early Light. Oh and, nice. Two yeah, days. so and I've seen both of those episodes like twenty five times each. So um I yeah, so I've been kind of like a, a fanat Colombo fanatic ever since then. Great. And uh, so this one, why did you choose this one? Well, of the ones that were left, um <laughs> Well, first of all, Salminio, because uh, I was also a huge um, James Dean fan when oh, I was younger. Oh, okay. Yep. So, you know, he was in Rebel Without a Cause, and um, he was actually murdered not too long after this aired. I know, yeah. yeah. In fact, I was yeah. not super aware of the end of his life before uh, looking into yeah. a bit more for this, and I, I was I was shocked. Yeah. Ugh. Very sad. Yeah, he was, like, stabbed to death or something, and so... Um, yeah. You know, and then also, uh, I just feel like any Columbo that has sort of like racial stuff, you know, like non-white people, because you know Columbo's pretty white show. Yeah. Um, yes. Very yes. much so. Very much so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It yeah. Is we can't front. I just love it when like people, you know, like it, they're like these sort of racially ambiguous actors, and I love it when when I don't love it, but you know, it's interesting to me to watch like these sort of 
brownish actors playing all different ethnic racial types. Well, you know, it's John, it's funny, it? funny yeah. you should say that because John is actually, I uh, had some notes on this, so if you wanted to... Cool. We, we looked up. We can things, do it right? now. Yeah, yeah. Please, look. Why not? Let's start with that uh, because well, it's a huge part of the episode, and it's a bit interesting. Yeah, yeah that they yeah. casting. Yeah. Well, before I jump into that, there is something that you know, when Arabs are portrayed, Arabic peoples of of any stripe are portrayed on television. Uh, generally, they were portrayed by Italians, really, for the most part. <laughs> uh, but the the weird thing is when you look at television, that changes after two thousand one. Ah. Yeah. And all of a sudden, Arabs are playing Arabs on television, but that's also because primarily yeah. they're terrorists on TV. So, one step forward to yeah, that. I, anyway. I, yeah, I mean, I just remember, like, I don't, you know, Back to the Future. I remember, like, remember that terrorist from Back to the Future? Yeah, the Libyans. Oh, yeah, the Libyans, yes, right? Yes. The Lib- yeah, and, like, just, you know, like, screaming gibberish, mm-hmm. you know, from that right. man. I mean, um, but, but I was actually... You know, when I rewatched this, because um, I haven't seen it in a long time, I was kind of prepared to sort of be like, oh, this is going to be terrible. But I actually didn't think it was that bad. They weren't, I mean, they weren't largely over the top. There was a lot of that stilted over formal Arabic quality and that sort of, uh, what's the word I'm, I'm looking for where you're, it's an unflappable. Oh, yeah. Okay. Which, which, and like, yeah, yeah, yeah which, yeah, yeah. you know, I've mentioned this several times. My wife's a belly dancer and, and has been for a long time. So I've had the occasion to meet a lot of Arabs, particularly Arabic musicians, and I do not think of them as a restrained people. Right. <laughs> they are, they are very expressive and very open and welcoming. And also, uh, and I, I, I'm sure that this is not terribly polite to do an impression, but. I have heard the words, my friend, my friend, my friend, my friend, my friend, so many times in my life, because if, they, if you have said something they don't agree with, they don't keep it to themselves. <laughs> well, I mean, so... if anything, I mean, going with that, if anything, uh, the, the, the character of the king, the new king, mm-hmm. would almost fit to that more than any of the other ones, because he's very open, he's very welcoming to Columbus, oh, yeah. he's very nice, he's very, like, friendly... So if anything, He's like that, that character seems like he fits that more than any of the other uh, so-called Middle Eastern characters in this at all. Yeah, yeah. it's crazy and... that they they call him modern and progressive, but that that's really not unique. That's not a 20th century invention of of Middle Eastern people. Right. Well, I think, I think more the I think the mo- more modern thing is. I th- it was getting some odd, it's like some political things. I think where I, I, I think yeah. it implies that the, in the country politically, he was maybe kind of younger, so yeah. he's looking to modernize things and actually establish better relations. And maybe, well, like with the exception of the threats at the end for what would happen, maybe <laughs> yeah, right stuff would be a little bit better. But yeah, yeah. Well, it was interesting because like he, it, it, you know, I think at the time. I, I tried to do some research on this, but at the time something actually was happening. You know, there was like, you know, stuff going on in the Middle East, but oh, um, there's, there's always, but there's always there's stuff, always right? stuff there was going stuff on in the Middle East. Yes. Right. Especially kind of like this kind of, you know, modern versus, you know, whatever. Right. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's, but, even today that's, in a, yeah. Yeah. An issue. Yeah. Well, that's right. Of course. And, but he, the thing I really liked about the characters in this episode was that they also were really different, you know, like, um, the king was really different from the Salah and what's her name? Zina. Mm-hmm. 
Yes. She was amazing. Right. Totally modern. You know, like I just liked the different kinds of characters. There were people wearing like crazy bell bottom suits, but also like, you know, robes and stuff like that. So I really liked that it's like a very mixed kind of well, even, even even the uh, the murder the first well the first of two murder victims in this yeah you don't see a lot of him when he's live but I think in the writing they do a very good job of giving you the impression of the kind of guy he was so it actually right. makes you feel worse about what happened to him and how yeah. he went yeah. which I I I thought that was uh, story wise a really great way to handle that where you feel like oh no that's terrible because he seemed like he was a nice guy well liked and not a jerk I like that he yeah. would hang out hang out with the the wage slaves telling dirty jokes and the women thought it was yes. charming. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Which is that's great. That's in the, yes. there is a there is it's a, a very humanizing. To like, yeah, yeah. It's Yeah, if you go back to the 70s and 80s and it's not just Arabic cultures, but whenever there's a, an African delegation, uh it's always oh god, I'm I'm thinking about the Benson episode where Benson has to disguise himself as an African prince. Oh, oh my god! I how, vaguely, how have I not seen that? Oh, I vaguely it's, remember this. I'm sure I haven't seen so, it in an age. But yeah, that now as you say it, that yeah. sounds familiar. Like it seemed like he was doing a bad accent and things. Oh, it yeah, was, yeah. and that's that's typically how the the Middle Eastern people tend to be portrayed as well, because yeah. it's very formal and they're distant and they don't get our sense of humor, which is nonsense. So right, it was yeah. it was really nice to see this character, yeah, be really well rounded. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Xenia yeah. was and a but, lot of fun. She, well, well-rounded posthumously, which I thought was a nice yeah, trick to pull off. it is nice. Yeah. Well, you know, even Rahman Habib is yeah. really well-rounded. I mean, he's nervous about this, doesn't want to do it, but he's committed, so he makes himself. Right. Yeah, there's, there's good over, characters. Get screwed over by, it, it's a very much, it, it reminded me a bit of um, uh, Die Hard, where it turns out, no, it, it's just a theft. He's just stealing yeah. money. That's all it was. He's trying mm-hmm. to, like... Paint it in this sort of like, oh no, it's this grand political thing, blah blah blah. Like, Your no, name will he be had shouted in the streets. Yeah, he had just yeah. he had just stolen six hundred grand, and <laughs> that's it. He was just doing all this because he's a sloppy, sloppy thief. That's it. That's a really good comparison comparing it to Die Hard. Yeah, I mean, it, the the yeah. plan isn't nearly as good as no. Hans Gruber's and Die Hard. But it's that, a really that overly complicated him. plan. But he's just right. a fucking crook, is all he is. When yeah. Peter Falk. Uh, Kills that one uh, terrorist and writes, "Ho ho ho!" Now I have a machine gun. Oh, I know that was still a little derivative. <laughs> that seemed yes. the symmetry there was a little yeah. much, but I That's got great. it. Yeah, All right, I so let's. Seen, uh, I, oh, I I haven't seen Die Hard. It's, it's okay. You're okay. You're okay. <laughs> I know that's not. It's probably yeah. I'm. That's eh. fine yeah. not to see it. I it I enjoy. It's I'm not a giant oh, fan. That? Of, Is that Bruce Willis? Yes, yes. Bruce Willis and Alan okay. Rickman. Yeah. yeah, it's oh, a really good Alan Rickman role. Yeah, oh boy. Oh, uh, yeah, you know, I, yeah, that was his first I, movie. Was it? Yeah, he's so good. He had not it. done films. That was it. Let's scrap gate. this podcast. Let's talk about Die Hard real quick. <laughs> I, it's I'm not a huge fan of action films, really, yeah. but that is uh, one that I enjoy. Like just as a, a darn movie, it's just a heck of a mm-hmm. thing, front to back. Yeah, it's well it's, done. It's so well, well constructed. Like constructed. It's a yeah. I I, mean, I get annoyed with the whole like uh, like. Oh, it's Christmas! Movie. No, it's a Christmas Eve movie. Yeah, you watch a Christmas that's Eve. It's not Christmas. It, that's ridiculous. But it, it's a fun. It's a fun flick. Yeah, I'm never. Anyway. I'm never a big fan of the the man who finds his masculinity by killing someone arc, which is of course what the what the street cop has. But really, I think eh. it's more. He's just trying. I don't think he's trying to find his masculinity. I think he's just 
he's just trying to get through confidence this or whatever. Stupid night. This stu- like he's doing his job. He's like, oh, he didn't want. I know he's do got this. some backstory, doesn't? Well, let's. Well, the backstory. The the backstory is. Right, fill us out, in. Uh, sorry, yeah, never mind. Okay. <laughs> Anyhow, <laughs> Colombo, right? All right. So the ethnicities of our assorted Arabic. Right. Actors, yes. Yeah. Let's get back to that. Yeah. Yes. Uh, so, of course, there is Hector Elizondo, who plays Hassan Salah, uh, is famously Puerto Rican and I believe also Basque. Okay. Uh, Sal Minio playing Rahman Habib. He is Sicilian. Uh, <laughs> Brioni Ferrell, who played Zinia Gatsos, just a guess, Greek. Oh. Uh, yeah. Barry Robbins is Jewish. Uh, George Scaff is the closest we have. He's Lebanese. Which one is he? Was he one of the, was he one of the he? guards or Hajkara? He was. Um, oh, I was he believe... the one who took over after? Oh, like yes. the main guy. Okay, okay. the main security guy. Yeah, he's the, the, he was the bearded okay, yeah, dude. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, he was a very nice fellow have... too to Colombo. Yeah. yeah, he was. I, yeah. I like. He was very uh, uh, affable. Yeah. Um, I also think I. Oh, I'll get to this later. I don't know how to pronounce this last name. I never have known. Esformus, uh, Nate Esformus, who played Hakim. Mm-hmm. It's a Hispanic, Andre Lawrence, who played Yusuf Falafa, or as my wife kept calling him, Joe Falafel, which is very <laughs> funny. But uh, Andre Lawrence is Quebecois. Okay. And uh, Bart oh. Braverman. Yes. And Bart Braverman, who played the second picketer, of course, is also yeah. Jewish. And also, and also, Bart yeah. Braverman, uh, watching this... Uh, not long after um, Adam West passed away, I also uh, rewatched um, Look Well, that pilot that he did, mm-hmm. that um, Conan O'Brien and Robert Smigel. Uh Bart Braverman's in that. He's the guy who owns the um, uh, auto dealership where the heists are taking place. Look Well's trying to solve. Oh, okay. So it was weird to like seeing that them both at the same time. I hadn't made the connection. Like a week after watching this, I watched Look Well after he died. I'm like, oh, oh, that's well, look at that. That's just a connection to my head. That's all. all hey, right. folks out there, check out Look Well. It's a good show. It's on YouTube. It's blurry. Uh, on a one other tape. one other character I should have mentioned, which is uh, Bruce Whites, who of course uh, oh, yeah. we know from Hill Street Blues. Wait, is he in this? He was the he French was cook. Extra. Wait, what? Animal from Hill Street Blues was the cook? Yes. <laughs> I didn't realize French... that. He's the French chef. <laughs> Holy cow! In this episode. I didn't. I didn't recognize nails, him at right? all. Do you wow. know when he first showed up? I thought it was Vito Scotti because I, I just saw like the glimpse of his face, and I was all excited. I'm like, "Oh, good, a Vito!" And no, it was it was Bruce White's. Oh my so. god, I did not recognize him at all. Holy cow! Yeah, I think he's un- uncredited. I'll be dipped. Wow, he is. Yep, nuts. That I didn't. As know. is. Wow. Uh, oh, we'll get to the other actors later. I'm sure, unless you want to jump into our our cameo appearance here. Well, yeah, Jeff Goldblum, as I mentioned at the beginning, he's he's very briefly yeah. angrily uh, hitting a car with a sign or something like that. Jeff Goldblum's with in there really ma- with really huge sideburns yep. and great hair and yep. all dressed in black. It's gr- it's the greatest yep. thing. Yeah, he looks great. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that dude's had style since day one. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, it's obsessive. I, I, before the show, I said the job. Oh, it's like an even smaller cameo than his in. Annie Hall, and I'm trying to remember when Annie Hall came out, if that would have been before or after this. It would have to have been before, after this, because, I mean, that's a, he had a pretty good line yeah. in that. He's got some screen Seven, time. 77. Oh, okay. Got it. All right. So it's a couple years after. So he was still, mm-hmm. uh, he was still working through things like this. Yeah. So he got like the this. one line. I forgot my <laughs> mantra. Yes. <laughs> um, and we also, uh, I believe... Let me let me double check this. I might have this wrong. I believe this might have been the first Mike Lally. No, several of them. Mike Lally is a um, 
background actor and extra who's in something like 40 episodes yes. of Columbo. Yeah, yeah. So he's the police photographer in this one. Right, yeah, which yeah. Which is one of his longest scenes ever. <laughs> which is... Yeah. Oh, yeah, because he's like, Columbo, get out of the way. Stop trying to yep, do your job. Because you're in my <laughs> shot. Yes. <laughs> well, what the... Okay. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, please. Well, I was just going to... I was going to get us into the episode. Well, I, yeah, I was going to say, too, because, like, uh, just talking about Columbo being at the scene, this one is one of those odd ones where Columbo is involved before the murder happens, but it's because of an accident in the wrong phone message, pretty much, or something, which is strange. The wrong name. Yeah. Yeah, what was the the name? It was Captain Kalimo. Kalipo, yeah. Kalimo, Captain Kalimo, and somehow someone gave the message to Lieutenant Columbo. And so he shows up at this thing with a whole bunch of security bigwigs, uh, all preparing for the... uh, the king to arrive in Los Angeles and there's like, Oh, just keep, just stay here or whatever. And it turns out uh, for the better because uh, there is yeah. a double murder. So sure. I've also never heard the name Kalimo. Yeah. It's a weird name. I mean, it's, and also captain Kalimo, Lieutenant Columbo. I wouldn't get those confused really, but no. anyway. <laughs> sure. I mean, everybody must know Columbo in the department, right? I, w- I mean, I don't this know. Is season five. I don't know. It's that weird thing where you never know. Because a lot of times they play it like he's still this put upon guy, even though he's putting away all of these no. really rich, famous people. You think he'd be pretty well known, and sometimes he is, and sometimes he isn't. I, well, the I commissioner dude seemed to think he was like the commissioner dude seemed to be like, "Ugh, this bumbling bozo." Right? Yeah, they all. Yeah, they usually yeah. You know, higher ups are usually treating him like that, as are most of the cops. But yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it, it's strange how he gets into this one before the murder happens. It's only like a handful of episodes where that, that's the case, yeah. And he steps on the robe. Many times! It becomes a running <laughs> gag, which is a strange physical comedy thing to throw in this episode. And I'm not sure why. It needed, it needed a little, because this was not... Because I think of how Elizondo is playing his character, which was real measured and real flat. Right. They they oh, needed some, yeah, you're some right. broad That's shit in it. it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, yeah and to show com- how he would react, like it's all right. Right. Yeah. Well, I, so that can we can we talk a little bit about the actual murder and the scheme? It just sure. seems overly overly complicated for what the guy is trying to accomplish. Walk us through it. Well, the fact that he has to. Uh, use plastic explosive on the safe, lure mm-hmm. the security guy in, then make sure the he's fascinated guy, by the safe. Right, <laughs> kill the security guy, then rip right. up a bunch of documents and burn them in the middle of the floor, then have his little assistant guy dress as one of the protesters, drive through the gates when, okay, how would the person have gotten in there in the first place with their car to drive through the gates, <laughs> to then pretend to be the... Pro- it just It's all... It, it, it's just, I don't know, it just, yeah. it's it's a too too much, of a, not a well-thought-out plan, but it's too much of a thought-out plan. So you kind of see how it all sort of fall apart, there are too many, too many aspects to it that could have been... Yeah, well, too many moving parts. And Columbo sees yeah. right away, like, the big problem with the the plaster and everything from the explosion. Like, mm-hmm. oh, that part doesn't show that that had happened. Yeah, it was, eh, I don't know. Do you know there's, like, a, a Chinese um, saying for this kind of plan or this is what it made me think of it's um it translates to taking your pants off to fart like <laughs> that's, no that's a good way know, to like, put it yes 
like this, all of this is so unnecessary, right? Like, you, why are you, you know, you can accomplish the same thing with just with so fewer steps. Well, it seems like if he's yeah. really trying to cover up stealing $600,000, why would he need to kill a security guy? And also, you're the head of this embassy. Couldn't you just pin it on somebody else? Embezzle the money yeah, I mean, and then yeah. falsify some documents that somebody else stole the money without having to kill two people? I feel like there were a lot of elements to this episode that were not really, let's just say, thought out. They were not really thought out. Uh, not the least of which is, what are the protesters protesting? I think, well, I mean, wow. Columbo, Columbo even wonders that. Yeah. Because they're, they're out he there thinks they're protesting like, the king, but it turns out, like, no, they're right. protesting in favor of the king. But, yeah. uh, okay, yeah. I, what? No, no, we like the king. The king's great. Oh, uh, was the king been deposed? Nope. He's still ruling. <laughs> yeah. Still there. Well, so what's the uh, what's the injustice? What's the UN supposed to do? I don't know. Just you know, tell them they like them. There was nothing to protest. Yeah, it, it was really strange. I guess maybe yeah. they were really to get angry king's, too. Though. The king's attention to say like, "Hey, you keep you better keep doing what you're doing <laughs> that we like." Right, and there was like there was like no well, indication that the the security dude was like a pro king you know what i mean like there was yeah. no he just there was like he was no doing his job sort of like the political aspects of it so yeah that's it was the thing. Re- there were no, really weird there were no political aspects he was doing this all just to cover up a theft of a great deal of money mm-hmm. which right yeah to then try to couch it in the whole political and what was thing. the money for i don't know you, did they say did... i don't know if they said i think he just took the money like... he oh, said wait. It was, I know, it was for his orchid habit. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Last episode, last episode. Oh, wait, well, I'm so uh, confused. Well, I... they said something. I thought it had a political purpose, but I cannot for the life of me remember. I saw I this episode so. twice, and I can't remember it. I don't think yeah, so. I, I, I just think... watched it again this morning, and I can't remember it. I mean, he's not spending an... it on a fancy car. <laughs> There's, uh, I think Salminio was spending it on his uh, Chuck Barris lookalike outfit. <laughs> <laughs> running to that car like welcome to the gong show <laughs> um you yeah. know the the bona fides on the director and writers for this episode are fine the teleplay only ever wrote the guy only ever wrote this but um the director's other piece was a matter of honor which oh, like, yeah, i think yeah. generally like right and uh or sorry actually the story was written by a guy who never did anything else, but the teleplay was by the guy who did Fade into Murder, which oh, is well, yes, yeah. a super favorite of ours. Right. Is that is that a William Shatner one? Yes. 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 Oh, that's, that's a good one. Yeah, yeah. I love so that. that's strange. Yeah. Big fans of that one, we are. I mean, it's weird. Like, Me too. So his motive is definitely an okay one to hide stealing a lot of money, but you don't know, no. you're not 100% certain, like, why did he steal? And even back in the, the 1975, $600,000 is... Lot, That's about one point eight million, isn't it? Probably. You're usually the one does the uh, the transfers. <laughs> the transfer I think rates. I did when I was watching it, and I seem to remember it was yeah uh, at one point eight mil. I mean, uh, oh no, bit... I take that back. Holy moly! No, it's, uh, oh wait, sorry, they got the wrong year. <laughs> I called up the calculator, but I left it on nineteen fourteen. <laughs> oh yeah, that would be a little <laughs> bit more back then. Wow! Woo. Wow! Yo, it's Microsoft. Uh, yeah. But it's uh, $2.8 million. Okay. Oh, wow, yeah. Money. So that's a pretty decent amount. Well, I mean, the weird thing is, uh, politically, it seems like uh, Salah <coughs> seems a little bit to kind of bristle at um, whatever reforms or whatever 
changes the young king wants to yeah. do, but there's, like, there's just a couple of lines here and there about that. Yeah, it doesn't like seem he's... like any sort of angry thing about it at all. I, I don't understand why you wouldn't make his um, make a coup his goal, like he's getting money for a coup. Right, but I don't think that, that wasn't it. Yeah. No, it wasn't, but yeah, I mean... That would be I, an interesting I, story. That'd be an interesting dramatic thing to put in there. Like, oh, that's what there, it's for. Yeah, there were, like a, there were like a few little dropped hints that maybe that might be it, but not, not enough to... I mean, it was like, you know, it was just like suggested really, really subtly. Like, you know, when the king when the king gets there and there, he's talking with Salah and, you know, he's like, well, these are your traditions, not not mine. Do you, do you know what I'm talking about right, when he yeah. says that? Yeah, yeah, but then then that's, very, that's very not very enough end. to like seem right. like he's going to do something it's violent. Not. And yeah. then at the very, very end, when the king is getting onto the airplane, supposedly, and, um, you know, um, what's his name? The guy who is now doing security is like, oh, right. oh yeah. something about his father, you know, to him. And he's like, it's the throne that he's, he says something really like, Hector Elizondo says something really strange, like you know, it's not the it's not the blood that makes the man. Oh yeah, He's, right. Or something right. like yeah, that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I think it's it, not it, enough. It's not enough to create like a a motive. Right. No. And then the other thing is like he he seemed to have designs on mm-hmm. on the throne when he says that, but he's an ambassador. Right. Yes. Yeah. He wouldn't be like any you could sort not be further. From, yeah. He's an ambassador to Los no, Angeles. You have no control over anybody that would be able to affect a coup. Right. He seems like so. he's fine just having this position in Los Angeles, mm-hmm. far away from the country, do whatever <clears throat> like he wants to have this expensive stuff. For, I mean, I don't yeah. know. Yeah. He's he's in the middle of the fantastic Sawarian Gardens. Right. Surrounded by the treasures of Suaria. Right. All those Columbo, like... Which Columbo, that's a great Columbo thing in this. <laughs> Constantly annoying him by picking things up and examining them, and so the, yeah. But I mean, he I, that's gone a good Columbo to, trope. Yeah, could have gone and back like, to tier one and have this in our living room. All right. Yes. Talks about <laughs> yes. Ah, oh, my wife. But I mean, all this for yeah. all this stuff was clearly just hauled out of a prop room. None of it was even remotely Middle Eastern. <laughs> no, but like, one of my favorite one of my favorite bits of the episode though is uh, Columbo having that explained to him early on, and then that pays off when Columbo's at that reception in the garden. And he's talking mm-hmm. to the Chinese ambassador and his wife, and they're seeing a display of this stuff. And Columbus just goes like, oh, that's that's third century. And they're like, oh, indeed. Yeah. He's some sort of expert. Columbus knows how to he fake it. That. He, yeah. Oh, that's the thing. I also yeah. love that couple. They were disappointed there was no booze at the reception, too. I right. The Chinese ambassador's wife, like, yeah, yeah, they don't believe in drinking. And his wife says, it's a pity. <laughs> I love that so scene. Funny. Yeah. I, see, that's another thing. I loved how they like portrayed that couple as just, you know, not this sort of stereotypical like Chinese, you know, like right. no ching chong pigeon talk. It was just like really great. <laughs> I mean, they're, he's an ambassador, so obviously, but it was great. I love yeah. that. Right? They're just there. Yeah. It's, just, it's this thing they have to go to. It's just an affair. They're yeah. like, yeah, we got to go to this. We're gonna make and our way no through booze. it. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> We're gonna talk out later of... on early. Sorry. <laughs> With, yeah, they don't they don't drink here, but uh, you want to go smoke some weed? Uh, <laughs> with the exception of being allergic to having Arabic actors in this, yes. this is one of the least racist depictions of everybody I've seen on 1970s television. Oh, I mean, yeah, you know, yeah, with with not having uh, the actors 
actually be from that area of the world who are playing these things. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's actually, they're not, there's not a lot of stereotyping going on here at all. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, I was yeah. pretty, I mean, given that this was, what, 1975, right? Oh, yeah. It could have been terrible. I mean, yeah, I really liked it. Except, I think except for a loop- Columbo stereotyping, where well, he gets yeah. excited well, to smell of beef. He gets, Columbo gets excited at the smell of beef. <laughs> Which that's a Columbo that's a Columbo stereotype. Columbo getting excited to smell of beef. Columbo uh, sitting on a newspaper like a hobo outside the gates of the uh, embassy. I love that. Oh my god! Beyond. <laughs> so that's a lot of Columbo stereotyping going on in this episode. Stuff like that. God, how I love that. I did, did you catch? Did you catch the thing about the striped pants? I thought it was so hilarious. He's like walking into the reception into the garden, and he's like, my wife told me to wear striped pants. Oh, right, yeah. Like, why? Yeah. <laughs> he's like, I'm Just... looking around, and nobody's wearing striped pants. Fancy uh, fancy tuxedo would have striped pants, pinstripe <laughs> tuxedo I just like he's, he's all like, I would have stood out. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it's like, care what, about that, so huh? I'm thinking, like, what did you think they were being wearing? Like, striped, like, genie pants or something? I, I wasn't sure if that's the thing. Oh, no, it was, it was like banker pants. It was a real yeah, callback yeah. to, like, like right. how evening clothes would look in the 30s. Very, very, <laughs> very so old-fashioned formal wear. Yeah, yeah. And, but, yeah, and, and that's you know, they go with his $16.95 new shoes. Because <laughs> <laughs> I guess Columbo and his wife would have been born in the 20s, right? I mean, I guess I can just look at Peter Falk's birthday again. <laughs> right. Yeah. Swear we do like twice an episode. Yeah, he was born in twenty seven. His wife would have yeah. been over, you know twenty seven thirty. So they would have grown up in an era where probably yeah, at least that, the that's depiction the fancy, of rich that's people. That's the fancy bankers you would see going around in that tails and striped tuxedo pants. Which, by the way, I got I have to point out when you you see the close up of uh, of Habib's license. Yeah, his Salminio's birth date is listed there as nineteen eighteen. Nineteen eighteen. Nineteen eighteen. He's oh, 10 God. years older than Columbo, according to this. That's come on. Oh, my God. All right. <laughs> I think that his height is also listed as something really off. Because, oh, like, yeah. there were a lot of small dudes in this episode. Like, Sal Mineo and Barry Robbins is really tiny. He's so cute. Mm-hmm. And, of um, uh, of course, Peter Falk. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, very small dudes in this. Could have yes. been a little small episode. Loved it. It's, it's a tiny, it's an episode full of that... tiny people. <laughs> That made that made Joe Falafel look like a giant, though. <laughs> Joe Falafel. Oh God! <laughs> I'm hoping we get a pass for that one. Um, um, so, so I, I going back to like the Columbo uh, mainstays that shows up show up in this episode. When he does get involved in the case, it, it's some very good stuff of Falk doing the Columbo. Oh. Okay, yeah, the cops are doing their usual stuff, you know, dusting, talking over what they think happened. Mm-hmm. But it's that great thing I love in a good Columbo episode where. He's ignoring all that, and he's just going by himself, just just going from thing to thing to thing and noticing every single thing he can, which is great. And then ingratiating himself with the actual working people of the place to try to find out what the hell he's got to find out. It's like right from the start, he's doing a lot of that, which is great in this. Mm-hmm. I, I love his walking around the room, mm-hmm. just in that kind of daze, but Examining he's obviously just taking yes. in so much info. Right. Love him to pieces when he does that. Yeah. Yeah. And I love that too. And also when, when the other detectives are like talking about, you know, like grand, like super spy stuff, you know what I mean? Meanwhile, Columbus just walking around like, yeah, there's stuff that's not supposed to be here. I love that. Right. Yes. <clears throat> And he picks up on the on the plaster so quick. I know, yeah. But it's it's believable. That's the great right, thing yes. about his, his just Columbo's. It's so believable. 
He noticed that when he's mm-hmm. off, that wasn't what was supposed to be. Yeah, wasn't supposed to happen. Yeah. Oh, and also the thing. So he teased out uh, the, the name of Hector Elizondo's garage uh, from the one guard too, where he just had this whole thing like, "Oh, this car is a beauty. What do you do this?" And it's just this nice conversation <laughs> where the guy doesn't even notice or realize that he's given him this very vital piece of information, which I thought that was like a really good, uh, good moment too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there was a lot of good sort of... <laughs> We're all agreed. The way he yes. got that garage yes. name out of that fella, whoa, uh, boy. One of the best the, of the um, series. I don't know. I don't really a lot know. of good Columbo stuff in here. There was like, you know, there was like the fake call when Sal Minio calls the, right. you know, and they like to use the fake call. Yes. Like I'm thinking about, um, oh my gosh, the one with the... The gym guy, the greasy, creepy. Oh yes, yes. Oh, uh, yeah, right, right. Why are we exercise of exercise and fatality? And fatality, right, with, yes, right. With the battery dude, and I can't remember his name. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and then a friend, and then the one with the friend in D. What's the no? Is that what it's called? The one where yeah, a friend in D. Yeah, friend they, they the, Yep, yep, yep. I love double, that. One. The double reverse fake phone call. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's a lot of terrific Peter Falk moments in this, and I even. I mean, you can't fault this, the cast. No. But trying to trying to think of something that really stands out is tough. Right. I mean, because I don't think this felt like a real standout episode. It's it's yeah. Columbo's great in it. Uh, there's a bunch of like character moments that are okay. I mean, there's like uh, some really good lines like uh, when the uh, young king uh, meeting Columbo and uh, talking about like homicide. Oh, it's like the real thing, not what we see in your American TV shows. Like I like that. Right. It was a good line. So very good self French there's actually this one weird thing at the very beginning where Columbo is very angry at the vending machine oh, yeah. and he's hitting it but he has this thing <laughs> about like oh every week it's murder or something like that and it seems like is there are they doing some weird meta referential thing about I like think... every week there's a murder on the show and it never ends like I don't know if that was some kind of no, strange thing they were was... throwing in I think it was that Columbo, like that that one that one captain was thinking that Columbo was pissed off about being on this this detail. Oh, okay. And, it was and just, but Columbo was his... actually pissed off about the coffee machine, and he's like, every week this damn coffee machine doesn't work. Um, and then the guy was like, well, it's a good thing you're here because there's been a murder. And then his eyes like light up, like murder. Because it's something that makes Columbo happy in a weird, weird <laughs> <Yeah>. way. <laughs> it's the one thing I like. Except mizzen booms. Yeah, yeah. that's right. <laughs> so uh, my wife did watch this with me, and uh-huh. you know she she studied Arabic culture in college and speaks Arabic and all that good stuff. So <clears throat> I had her watch the graffiti scene. Oh right, to yeah. See if if Salminio had actually written anything. <clears throat> and and first watch through, she says, "Well, his handwriting's terrible, but yeah, I think he is, and he might have written Allah on one of the walls." And we watch it a second time, and she goes, "Oh no, I take it back. He's just making circles." Oh, okay. So he didn't. Yeah, I mean, a little much to hope they would have taught him anything, but it's, yeah, it's he, good. He it's good enough garbage. for uh, NBC on a Sunday night, nineteen seventy-five. Exactly. Like, oh, hey, wait, that—that's some crazy foreign-looking symbols there. Huh. And then the the only thing she noticed that I didn't ask her specifically about was they, they're wearing, and I oh, I'm blanking on the name. Uh, the Saudi version, because these are meant to be Saudi Arabians. Yes, I think. I'm sure. Yes, and they're wearing their kafia wrong. Uh-huh. 
because oh, okay. the keffiyeh, it's pinned, it's usually pinned right above the forehead, and they do theirs over the temple. Oh. Gutra, it's uh, called a uh, gutra. What it, 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 do you think there's maybe some sort of reason for that to show yes, more the face for I, actually I making probably, a TV probably show? Probably to show or? more the face, because it does hang over it. Also, I think because you can see in that first scene with uh, Minio and Elizondo, they're having a lot of trouble navigating the robes. Oh, okay. Because there's a scene where Elizondo's trying to sh- get his watch out so they can look at the time. But he keeps just, like, <laughs> and it's like, his hand flutter, out, out, flutter, out. flutter, flutter, yeah, flutter, yeah. flutter, 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 flutter. Got it. Okay, so, so it probably is more of a, like, a, it's just practically I'm say for it's, making the thing for the show. I think there's an even chance that they did it to make it easier to see the faces or just that's what they thought it was. They didn't do any research. Okay. Because, honest to God, that's what I thought it was when I saw it. I didn't notice a problem. Yeah, I was I was looking online and I saw some thread, which I tried to find again, but I couldn't find it. Where they were talking about all like the writing and the, and the spoken, you know, when they uh-huh. were speaking, right. and it said that somebody was saying that some of the writing was real and that, but they said the spoken stuff was real. And hmm. um, and then remember in the scene when Columbo meets the king and he says, "Long doesn't he say like long live the king?" Yes, he does because he because he because he heard he'd heard somebody else say it, and Columbo remembered it, picked it up, and then used it, which is like another thing where yeah. Columbo remembers things. But yeah, I don't yeah. know if that was the authentic. Any sort of authentic I, language or no? Yeah, I remember reading that that in this in this thread that that was that was real. But I oh, so I actually I did say it. Find, I couldn't find it. So he actually did say it in Swarian. That's good. <laughs> Swarian. He didn't say it in Ishtari. Okay, good. <laughs> it's one of his bialis. Uh, yes. Speaking of that, <laughs> you know, I, bialis. Uh, I like a good bialy. I do. I do love. Uh, salt, uh, yeah, we got butter. a whole we got a whole Bialy stock to work with. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know the the Suwari nation is is great because most of the signs were correct, but there was one guy walking around with a sign that said something like uh, "Free the Saurian people," <clears throat> which which would mean, of course, free the dinosaur people. <laughs> <laughs> Um, oh, another thing I, I enjoy that was in this episode—a very good uh, Columbo thing. I like when it pops up in an episode uh, when Columbo is um, uh, because Hector Elizondo's character uh, tattles on him to the State Department, so you get like a State Department guy oh, yeah. coming in. Which uh, that's—I mean, that's not my favorite thing because that always comes up in some sort of story like this. Like State Department wants you to back off, but uh, Columbo soon is thinking like, "Oh, that's good, except for one thing—he's the murderer." <laughs> like, I love it. I love it when far from the end of the episode, he just says something like, oh, okay, but no, that's the guy who did it. And yeah. so it's yeah, just a matter of him putting yeah. everything in place. That's always a good one. Because, you know, it, that's that's a good way to keep this a little fresh. Because the formula is you see the murderer, you know who the murderer is, and then it's just waiting for Columbo to get to it. And if they always made it the last thing, right, it would get incredibly dull. But he just halfway through, he's like, no, that, that guy did it. And now it's a matter of trying to rope him in. But see, with this... So when- oh, when do you guys think he knew? I think he, pretty early-ish. Because he had he a supernatural. Kind of we- he seemed kind of weaselly. So yeah. I think yeah, Columbo the, was... Yeah. Like when he first got there, almost. Like when he so, ran into him. Yeah, ran into I, him on the stairs. At the, at the, at the legation. Yeah. Because I think seemed... Columbo, Columbo knew that it had, to be so, it had to be an inside job. It had to be somebody mm-hmm. who worked there, someone in the place, in the compound... As a matter of figuring out who it was, and that guy just I think seemed 
most likely pretty early on, just the way he was acting. But then <clears> later <throat> on, uh, when Columbo's having that uh, nice meal in the kitchen, Columbo just calmly dropping that he had found out about the money being missing. Because he knows right then, right. like, I... He's yeah. pretty much saying to him, like, I know you stole it. I know you killed the two guys. So that's where we if are. I had to, if I had to make a guess as to how Columbo figured it out, it was probably the phone call. Because yeah, because he kept on the phone that, call. He kept on the phone call a lot. Yeah, the timing. Yeah. And the coffee. And it's yeah. always, right. He could have just figured out, like, well, that was a convenient phone call, therefore. Because he's, you know, he's heard a million convenient phone calls. Right. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> I mean, so uh, that makes it makes the uh, him going to that reception really interesting, because this thing where, yeah, Columbo is going uh, to ostensibly apologize and drop off the letter, but really, they both know that he knows that Elizondo did it, and I love like yeah. as he's being let off, his just one more thing is like, oh yeah, here's my apology letter. After <laughs> I've just yeah. flat out told you that I know you killed these guys, here's my letter of apology for bothering you about it. <laughs> so it's so sarcastic. It's great. Yeah, can I back up a little bit to the State Department guy? Yeah, sure. No, we always Kermit, go to chronological order. Kermit, so. um, Kermit, whatever his name was, I, I found him to be so strange. I was oh, yeah. like, he, you are not acting like what I would think a State Department official would act like. And then I was thinking, like, where's the FBI and, like, the CIA? <laughs> Why would the LAPD? I mean, like you know, if it's like the legation, I, think, I don't know. I think it was be- just really strange. I think me. it's because of the uh, whole diplomatic immunity thing, and it's seen as more because I mean, where it happened is pretty much seen as mostly land of that country, but extended right. to the U.S. But I mean, the LAPD, they're there, but the issue was they're in charge of security or co-in-charge security for this king's visit, but then there was a murder where the king of another nation is going to be visiting, so they kind of would bring them in and whatnot. So it's, yeah, it, it's a yeah. really weird area. Plus, uh, the guy would have been a Ford appointee, so he's going to be messed up anyway and kind of a weird jerk. <laughs> so there you go. <laughs> yeah. Well, there, there, I mean, I yeah, see, this is when I really hate being who I am because, you know, I'm like, I start thinking like, well, there'd be a lot more state department guys kind of like running around with, you know, there'd be more security detail and whatever, but then that would ruin the, that would ruin the, and that gets expensive and budget and cash. Yeah. You know, I think it's, it's just that they said like, we got a guy here who looks like Ray Davies in the come dancing video. He can probably handle it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh God. Oh my God. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> oh dear. I always feel bad for the kinks. All right. Uh, good old no. kinks. I like the kinks. They're good guys. I love the kinks, but you know what? They're always number three. Whenever somebody goes I like, know. Who's, right. Who's it the greatest British be. man? No. But it, it shouldn't it shouldn't be a thing. Like they're all the, those three are all good. There shouldn't be a thing right. where you have to choose favorites. But the argument, you can get the argument is always yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Are the Stones better than the Beatles? Beatles better than the Stones? And you go like or are the Kinks better than the Stones and the Beatles? I go, Oh no, they're they're number three, but uh, they're not, better yeah. than the Stones. Like, come on, man. Yeah. Ever all of them had a bad day or a bad record or two. It's fine. You they're know, right. they're just they're people. They did th- yeah. yeah. Anyway. So anyway. die hard is it what? Welcome to our <laughs> Welcome to our Kinks Die Hard podcast. podcast. Yeah, that's the next one. We'll do that one next. Uh, talking about Bart Braverman real quick. Yes. Uh, man, I primarily know from Match Game, but uh, oh, I really like his, oh, okay. in his first scene with Columbo, <laughs> there's that great exchange where I think Braverman asks him something like, you know, why, why do you care? <laughs> yeah. And 
there's a pause. Yes, Carlos I Stasso love it. Goes, yeah. I'm fuzz. I love that was like my yes. favorite part. Using that phrase. <laughs> using that phrase. I'm fuzz. fuzz. And then of course Braverman's response. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. that was the yeah, it's a good exchange. I liked it a lot. Yeah, no. Yeah. And again, that's another stereotype they avoided because usually you have protesters. They're all rabid and crazy. These guys were fine. Yeah, they saved that for uh, Jeff Goldblum. Eating his sandwich, right? Like, I'm eating my sandwich and letting you take my sign. And And Columbo almost took the sign with him. He had to be everybody like, hey, my sign? Like, oh, yeah, sorry, here. I'll go back and get back to him. He's so happy to see him during the second protest scene, too. Yeah. When, like, everybody's starting to beat up that car and Braverman sees Columbo and he's like, hey! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Nice. <laughs> Jeff Goldblum's like... getting sh- getting shoved around by a cop, and Braverman's like, "Good to see you." Yeah. <laughs> so um, I, I want to talk because I think the ending of this one is actually uh, rather interesting and strange, and not entirely like a lot of Columbus episodes I've seen, because you've got uh, Columbo using the diplomatic immunity thing to go to Elizondo, seemingly hat in hand, saying. You beat me. I got beat plain and simple. That's it. How did you do it? And and Elizondo is so egotistical. He's just like, haha, I gotta beat this guy. Sure, have some tea. I'll be magnanimous about beating you. But then the whole weird gambit is, I, I don't know, it's, it's it's bizarre. And at the end, you can tell Columbo doesn't like how it turned out exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if anybody wants to talk about what happened and how it goes. I mean, the whole thing. I... Yeah, the ending was my least favorite part. Yeah, I, I, I sort of, I left it up to a point, and it it's like it, it was kind of interesting. Oh, where's this going? Where uh, Columbo is just baiting the guy into admitting it, admitting it, admitting it, and then he does and does. But then the reason he did it was because oh, the boy king is in the next room and heard it yeah. and is threatening to take him back to their home country for and endless destroy. torture and uh, execution. So then, Elzado's <laughs> character is just so. Desperately glad to just put his uh, uh, put his lot in with the LAPD to sign three three copies. Columbo insists upon of the <laughs> confession. Um, One last being a dick. But then, yeah, but then yeah, the I... look the look on Falk's face after it's kind of over, he, you can tell he doesn't feel good about how that was done. I'm not a big fan of the last half hour, but uh, I kind of want to hear Emily first so we don't poison the well. What what did yeah, you what did I... you think of it? I didn't like it. I mean, I thought that, you know, I I really loved the episode until the end. And I didn't like, you know, like, I didn't like the fact that, you know, the end kind of plays on this stereotype. Well, it it, a a, a Western idea that, like, it's just a bunch of uncivilized, savage people who torture and execute people. You know, I mean, I didn't I didn't like that at all. Um, You know, yeah, I I thought it was weak. I thought it was weak compared to the rest of the episode. Um, it didn't, there were a lot, there seemed like there were a lot more punches during the first hour and 10 minutes and then it kind of coasted. Yeah. About half an hour. Right. Cause yeah. it just kept being, uh, them going back and forth the same thing over and over yeah. again where they could have maybe cut out like one or two of those scenes where they're just, where they're doing that. And yeah. Yeah. But the thing is, and then the oh. and then the thing with the king, like you know, I feel like that's been done a lot on Columbo, and so you know, and sometimes it works better than other times. But I think, I think like the one with, um, it reminded me of the ending with the Dick, the Dick, the Dick Van Dyke one. Oh, okay. You oh. know, where negative reaction, yeah, 
Yeah, where there's like somebody hiding and then they, you know, they like pop out and it's like, ah, we got you. And then I feel like, I don't know, that confession, even in triplicate, would not, I mean, I feel like that would be thrown out like completely. Well, I mean, I, your, your area of the law, it's not criminal law, but I mean. No. <laughs> no. Well, <laughs> what, what, what is it? What, what area of law are you you're teaching? I teach, teach contracts contract and commercial law. law. I'm trying mm-hmm. to think if there's any Columbo episode that would cover contract or commercial law. I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure if there is one. Well, I feel well, like, I feel like... there's a 90s one. I don't know. I don't think so, though. I'm pretty sure there is. I think isn't. the closest one might be Blueprint for Murder. Oh, okay. Because there's paper. Hint, we, <laughs> may be, we may be doing that one next, but I just don't want to give too much I would say yeah. Murder by the Book, actually. Oh, yeah. You know, oh, Murder you by know the what? Book. Yes, because. Yeah. Because yeah, 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 we're yeah, dealing yeah. with two men who are co owned a property. and Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah true. And, um. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Yeah. Okay. But I also teach critical race theory. So I do, but you know, but since like the world of Columbo is a very like, yes. you know, um, what was, what was, was the, what was the episode that Pat Morita was in? Was it, um, Etude in Black? Where he plays like a house. Oh boy? yeah. Where he oh. plays the, uh, the yeah. Like yeah, a house yeah, boy. Right, right, right. Yes. Yeah. Usually yeah. though, you know, but I mean, whatever. I, yeah, there'd I be a lot more, just, there'd be a lot yeah. more class theory than race theory in Columbo. Far yeah. more, far more of one than the other. Uh, race theory wise, it's pretty flat. It's a pretty, pretty flat, flat series all the way through. There's that. There's Class, that scene. There's a lot, in, but uh, yeah. There's that scene in A Friend Indeed where yeah, you see a, the the cops bring a black man onto the onto yeah. the property where the murder was committed, and it's the first time you kind of get like, oh yeah, uh, they're co- This is a this is. Not unusual to like they found a passing black man. And right, like, you yeah. did it. It's one of the few times they've he ever had, addressed he, something like that. Yeah, because yeah. he had come. He had come to be like, oh well, I came to check on right. the wife because, and I love how Columbo was like, he's he's not let him go. Yes, but right, remember right, right. that the commissioner in that one went on that whole rant about like, um, essentially kind of about the, the you know when he's like. Complaining to his wife about her bleeding heart liberalism. Oh right. I mean, yes. I felt like a oh, right. lot yeah, of it. Yeah, there was yeah. like a subtext of like racial, you know, kind of like um, these just these like savages in the other part of Los Angeles, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he complains uh, about helping like, them. You know what I mean? Like there yeah. was some of that, but um, I was. I think like I had watched that again while while I was watching the O.J. Simpson documentary. On ESPN, oh. which I don't know oh. if you guys have seen. Not that, yet. I, I've, got it, is, I've got it. I've got it bookmarked or saved. I haven't watched it yet, though. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. it talks about like, what was happening in LA. You know, like you know, you know, from the time. I mean, from the time that OJ. I mean, he's from San Francisco. He's from the Bay Area, but right. you know, right. it, it's a part of it is like a history of like the relationship between the LAPD and the Black community. Um, but Which has always been a wonderful podcast, one. So <laughs> we don't have to talk about Yes. I'll tell you something, though. I definitely will keep your number in the Rolodex. If we do our uh, Mur- Murder, She Wrote podcast next, <laughs> we'll have a lot to talk no. about in terms of race theory there. I went, no, no, I guess not. I never it's watched Kevin. that. Oh, I you're okay. I've never seen an episode. Yeah, Should sure. I watch it? Uh, yeah. Yes. Well, I yes? Think, sure, yes. Sure. You can I watch, mean, watch an I'm not, episode. I'm not talking about I'm You're not going to let channels. RJ's equivocation about it rule the day. It's just go watch it. It's a fun show. Yeah, I guess Angela it's a fun Lansbury's show. great. It's a fun show, but if you've seen one, you've seen like uh, the, the 25 seasons. What if we so, go? What if we go do the Patrick Gouin ones? 
Oh, actually, you know what? I, I yeah, okay, I like that. Yeah, that's what I thought. That's what that mixed that mixed mystery show one would be interesting. But uh, enough, enough about that. Anyway, the, Ma- the Patrick McGoo in Columbus. No, there he was on a couple of uh, Murder She Wrote's. Yeah. Oh. Oh yeah, yeah. So look those up. Look those up. That would actually I be fun to see him on those. Up. Yes. Um, I okay. So the ending, we all are in agreement that the ending is a little like, eh, it's strange. Yeah. yeah, what did you guys think? I mean, John, I mean, I what thought, did you think? Well, that's right. Yeah, I said mine. Uh, you said you're, okay, John, yeah, you're, you're for the ending. What do, you, what do you think about the ending? About the time that, uh, that the king shows up, everything kind of lifts the wheels off the ground, and we are really just coasting. A ton happens, but none of it feels particularly consequential like i would say the metaphor that's built into that last half hour is the king pretending to get on a plane taking the plane to a helipad taking the helipad back to the embassy like that (laughs) was just a real long trip to go right back where we were (laughs) and that's just what i mean i that's how i felt and then when we get to the last bit where elizondo is now begging for his life it it happens. That's like the last thirty seconds of the episode. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It should have been. Yeah. yeah that's my feeling like, about well, it. I mean, yeah, that scene could have been much shorter. I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I agree. It was just you know, I mean, the plane thing that you just um that you just talked about. It reminds me again of like taking your pants off to fart. Like, did you really? Yeah. Did all that really have to happen? You know. Right. 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 Yeah. Yeah. In fact, I'm not a hundred percent why the king is really there because if you th- if you think about it all he really does is show up at the end to put the fear of god into Elizondo's character right but there's like a half dozen other ways to do it right. the I, the only reason only thing he really did was kind of pad out the king scenes and yeah. also to show how modern the king was cuz he likes colombo yeah. and that's how right. he I think that's I think that's what it was yeah yeah, yeah. So well, that being said, like if they did trim, I think they could have trimmed about twenty minutes out of the well, last I mean, the half hour. Is, if, but it wasn't, it wasn't one of the long ones, where they usually do a whole oh. bunch of padding. This no. wasn't one of like the long ones. This was like yeah, I was actually. A good well, I was trying to think one. of what would you have done to if you had taken fifteen twenty minutes out, how would you have filled it out? And I have a, I have my oh. personal preference, but let's go around. How would no, you? No, I don't. It? I don't know what I would have done. I think maybe. Uh, I don't know. Well, okay, I'll tell you mine. Sure. Salminio needed more to do. Totally. Yeah, actually, yeah. that would be good. Some more back, some more backstory on him. Some more of him being kind uh-huh. of nervous and squirrely after uh, helping uh, with a murder and whatnot. That might have been more interesting. Yeah, I would have. I would have also liked to have seen Andre Lawrence. Uh, you know, he just kind of shows up and dies, and like you say, he gets really well rounded and uh, posthumously. Right. Yeah. But it would. I think we needed a few. I think we needed more scenes with him, and we needed a scene with Yusuf Alafa and Xenia. Yes. So we could actually like get a relationship out. It doesn't have to be a romance, but it no. would have made him a lot more human and his death a lot more meaningful. Right, right, right. I think a lot more, uh, maybe some backstory uh, with the French chef, especially now that I know he was played by Adam <laughs> from Hill Street Blues. I would have loved that. Oh, speaking of which, by the way, that – so uh, so um, Kate and I have a, a friend named Ben Sophie. She's a writer, mm-hmm. and she's Lebanese-American, and she tells these wonderful stories – about her father and part of the thing is you can't go within a hundred feet of his house or he'll feed you because <laughs> okay. you'll, you'll show up you're like have you eaten and like uh, yeah i had a salad a salad is not food come in and he just you know that's just a that's just lebanese you just oh that's a to- yeah i mean that's like at our house it's like 
you can't come here and not eat something. Isn't it fantastic? I mean, it's constant. You know, I mean, it's just the way <laughs> that you show, like, you know, you welcome people. And I mean, you know, like, like when you, when people, when, um, um, one of the first things that we'll say to each other, well, when I was visiting like Taiwan or whatever, is like, oh, have you, have you eaten yet? You know? I mean, right, it's just right. a thing. And actually, and, and then RJ can tell you this, like, you know, Detroit is, has one of the hugest Middle Eastern populations. Yes. Like outside of the Middle East. And so I, you know, I feel like, um, uh, I don't really know where I'm going with this. I just feel like it, it, you know, based on, I've never gone to, like when I went to school, there were always, um, Arab American and Middle Eastern kids in my classes mm. and stuff like that. Right. So I, you know, so I, so I felt like this episode once again, was actually pretty good about sort of having a, a well-rounded cast of like Arab characters. That mm-hmm. you don't usually see. Right. Well, that was like, that was, that's what delighted us at the kitchen scene I is love, that yeah. You know, yeah. when Columbo mentions he's hungry, it's like, well, that's it. We got to feed him. Right. Yeah. 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 So good. By the way, I understand Toledo has a, or uh, I just ruined it. Detroit has a really good Arab American population, but it, it doesn't compare to Toledo, which has a whole Klinger family. <laughs> right. Oh, that's that was right. good. That's right. <laughs> Jamie um, I oh, gotta love Jamie Farr. Anyway, he's, he's has he's Lebanese in his ethnic background, right? I believe so. Yeah, I, I believe yeah. so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think he is. Yeah, in fact, he's yeah. from Toledo. Yeah, no, right. he's actually from there. That's why I, Tony. Yeah. That's why they always they threw Tony Pacos in and whatnot. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Have you eaten there? I ever? have. I have eaten at Tony Pacos ages ago. Yeah. It yeah. was. It was good. I mean, it's it's good chili dog. It's not as good as a uh, Detroit Coney. Coney. Well, yeah. try Cincinnati chili is a whole different thing, which I don't understand. Oh, right. Yeah, I did that, yeah. that on spaghetti, and I don't know. It's okay. Yeah, sure, three, yeah it's and it's it's not it's 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 not actually chili, so I don't. Right. You know, if you didn't call it that, thing. it would be better. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Um, but um, oh, yeah, I, I have a question I, for you. I have a question. The Coney thing. Uh, your your Coney preference, uh, Detroit or Flint? Coney sauce. Flint, Flint Coney sauce. It's it's more of a no. meaty thing, like a. Up here in Lansing, you, there's like places where you can get like either Detroit Coney sauce, where it's more of a um, a traditional chili, like a Tex-Mex chili, right? Yeah, or uh, the Flint one. It's just pretty much just ground meat with spices a little bit, which is strange. Oh, I think I prefer Detroit. Yeah, okay. Would you? Um, I don't know. Both are good on fries with cheddar cheese. Yeah. So I don't know, but I think in a hot dog, I prefer the. Uh... You know what? I'm kind of both are fine. You know what? It, it's it's the uh, the kinks and beetles and and stones. I like I like them both. They're fine. I like, they're oh, they're oh, both oh, fine oh, regardless. Yeah. yeah, they're fine regardless. I'll eat them. If it's on a hot dog uh, with onions and mustard and whatnot, I'm fine either way. I'll get one of each on a kogel. That'll be good. Yeah. Yeah. I well I I used to think that um, like Cincinnati like skyline chili. Dogs were disgusting when I first moved to Cincinnati, well, and now I actually it, now I actually like them. They put cinnamon you know, my, in it. I don't I don't get that. What is well, cinnamon? cinnamon and chocolate? But it's like more like a Greek, chocolate, it's more like a oh. Greek sauce. Oh, you know? oh, okay. Um, but well, but okay. but my kids, you know, like my kids were born in Cincinnati, which is strange, and they, you know, like so from the start that, they were eating the Cincinnati chili. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and it's, home it's, from the hospital. And they eat it on chili. noodles. It's so bizarre. No, I don't get that, John. Have you ever heard of such thing? It's eating chili on noodles. Yep, that's so odd to me. I mean, uh, you should see the. You should see how much cheese they put on these. 
Oh, I've seen. Chili. I've seen. It's, it's, it's I enjoy like, cheese, but joy, that's a, a much cheese yeah. brain. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. RJ, after this, do you want to just do like a a podcast where you bring Midwesterners on and just <laughs> chat about your shared experiences? No, not Midwesterners. Just people from Michigan. I think that's actually kind of sounds like a fun podcast, really. That would be, yeah, just talk about that. Or since you know, to combine our shared interests, we just have a hot dog podcast. That would be Let's fine. Do the hot yes. dog podcast. It's called Non Plus the Hot Dog Podcast. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, three people oh, listening will get that. Anyway, not even, not even three yeah. people. Well, if Leonard's Most listening, are, if Leonard's listening, Leonard, maybe? my wife and Leonard, yeah. and if we and get I'm not going to listen person. to this, so maybe yeah, maybe just two. So yeah, it's so, down yeah. to me. Yeah. Oh dear. Well, you know what? Let's, Long joke. Let's joke. go. Oh, you know, I'm gonna find I'm gonna find the photos and put them on Tumblr. Please do, if you can. <laughs> um, I know my my I remember my photo was taken at Yesterdog in Grand Rapids, which oh wow, that's a good hot right dog in the Midwest. Joint. Yeah. Um, sorry. So let's let's start uh, back to Colombo. Actually, let's start uh, kind of um, our usual wrapping up of things, going around with the final overall impressions. We'll start with Emily, our guest. Uh, overall, uh, this episode you chose. Uh, what do you think about it? How does it stand up with other Columbos? I think that this episode, I, it's somewhere in the middle, like in the upper half, because I really, I really love, I really liked, um, I liked Salminio. I liked, um, there were a lot of like Columbo isms in it, like a lot of tropes that I thought were cool, you know? Um, yeah. But, it, but, you know, it just, it's kind of like what you guys have been saying. It was just so much of it was sort of like unnecessary. You know yeah. what I mean? And it wasn't, and I still, I, I, I still feel like I don't feel like there was a good motive for why he had to kill Salafa and, you know, the money and all that. So I, but you know, but I like the performances and I thought the wardrobe, I mean, the wardrobing is always really good, but Sal Minio in that outfit when he took off the robe, <laughs> It was amazing. That was some good seventies so. clothes. Yeah, those were those oh, were those nice outfits. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I, I would say like in the in the upper upper half. Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's a solidly okay episode. Like you said, there are some really good Columbo uh, recurring mm-hmm. uh, elements in it. But yeah, the uh, the actual crime itself, as to why he stole the money in the first place, and the construction of the crime. The more you think about it, to, to me, the more I think about it, it doesn't hold up entirely. And to John, yeah, John's point, where even though it's not an extended Columbo episode, it does still feel like there's filler in it, and it just does kind of spin its wheels for a while. I'm not sure why. And the ending, the ending just seems kind of off to me. But it's still, it's okay. I mean, I've seen worse 70s ones. I've seen much worse uh, 90s ones. It's all right. To me, it's like kind of in the, maybe the middle of the pack or so. I don't know. John... Yes, sir. What do you think about it? When you rate it? <laughs> we did it again, damn it. Uh, you know, I really want a chili dog right now. I know. How many uh, chili just... dogs would you rate this? <laughs> Wait, are you in Arizona, John? I, I'm from Arizona, or at least I, I live most of my life there, but I'm in Seattle now. Oh, you're in Seattle. Oh. <clears throat> they Let have... me, I'll, run you, I'll run you through our hot dogs if you want real quick. Oh, sure, sure, yeah. All right, I, so love, I, love, RJ... I love regional hot dogs. I love the idea it... of regional hot dogs. It's one They're of so my good. favorite things. Regional hot dogs, RJ... regional pizzas fascinate me. Hot dog, hot dog podcast, RJ. Hot yeah, dog podcast. <laughs> but, uh, who's our Who's our friend who runs the food truck? I can't remember his name now. Our former guest. Wait, we had a guest uh, who runs a food truck. Oh my god, you can't even remember that. That's oh, going to be food really... truck. There was um. Yeah, it was the pop up restaurant. Oh, Al McPherson. 
Thank you very much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, did he do the um? Did he do the um? Murder Under the Colum- Yes, yes, that guy. Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He did. He created a Colombo menu at for one like what was pop ups so awesome. a couple years back. Yeah. All right, so uh, uh, by the way, anybody comes to Seattle, this is open. Everybody listening to the podcast, Emily, RJ, anybody comes to Seattle, I will happily take you on a walking tour of our downtown hot dog joints. There's about eight you can reach in about an hour and a half, two hour walk. Okay, that makes sense. Just around the city, it's lovely. Sure, sure. The Seattle, the Seattle hot dog uh, is a split, usually a split Polish grilled with grilled cabbage. uh, um, Why can't I remember the and cream cheese? Oh no, you know what? There's a place here. There was a place here that uh, did that. We had a for some reason for, for a couple brief wonderful years here in Philadelphia. There were two hot dog places, uh, and they specialized in serving up hot dogs of different um, areas of the country. And one of them actually did have that. They had that. I never had one. It's a good one. You got to try it. So long, but yeah, they had. That. I was I was not sold on it when I first got it, but uh, no, went I down could to see. A, I could see that being good, though. Yeah. If you come to Seattle, go to. Uh, if you're listening and you're in Seattle, go to Westlake Center. There's a place called Dog in the Park, and they do an amazing uh, Seattle dog. Sometimes people will put sriracha on it, and I have tried that, but I'm not sure how I feel about that because sriracha is like spicy ketchup, and ketchup doesn't belong in a hot dog. Oh, so. I. Oh, okay. I'm not, and, getting, I'm not getting that discussion, but yeah, okay. Uh, yeah, I, and I'm so going to stay out of that too. Yeah. <laughs> it's just it's all sugar. If it's not a sugary ketchup, then it's probably okay. But still, I don't want to get Leonard's going to jump on my ass now that I've said this because I've never met a person who has stronger opinions about hot dogs than our friend Leonard Pierce. Right. Um, he oh, literally. Quaint, but yeah, okay. Uh, I used to have something at my uh, at my house called Frank's Giving, where I would just do like a big array of hot dogs and put out stuff oh. and bring people over. Uh, huh. And I may, I went out of my way to make a special Chicago dog platter for Leonard, Ooh. but I forgot poppy seeds. Oh. oh. And he literally chased me out of my own home yelling <laughs> at me. You know what? Now, if you've got the sport peppers, if you've got the, I had the sport bright peppers, green celery relish. Salt, I had celery, relish. Red, celery salt. Well, then he was being, a goddamn, he was being a goddamn baby about poppy seeds. <laughs> literally. On chasing me out of my home screen. Oh, wait, I mean, they're I, usually just on the bun, though, I think. So what? He's they're usually around the bun, but I He just wanted to I sprinkle have, poppy seeds on the bread? It should have been poppy seed buns. I couldn't uh, find poppy seed of buns. Of course not. So I thought, I'll buy poppy seeds. Chicago. Like, Good Lord. <laughs> anyway. Well, so, uh, celery then, salt? I mean, come on. Did you guys once talk uh, about uh, Vincent Price making some... Yes. Yep. Was that... The, right, yeah, it was Vincent. Uh, Pr- Vincent Price was quite the chef, and he released oh. cookbooks. And yeah. I've got he a beautiful. A he made like some kind of crazy hot dog thing, right? I think so. You guys yeah. talked about it. I think you talked this about it. This is absolutely going to go on the Tumblr. I'm sure we probably <laughs> mentioned it before. Yeah. Um, we it's like hot dogs are the recurring theme in your podcast. <laughs> hot dogs are just fantastic. Oh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I do have. Uh, I have his hot dog recipe. I think right here, I just gotta gotta get a larger version of it. Anyway, so uh, that's our Seattle dog down in Tucson. We've got something called the Sonoran dog, which is peculiar to the Sonoran Desert area. Um, L.A. will claim that they created the Sonoran dog, but the fact that they use mayonnaise on it instead of crema oh. means they are lying. Oh God! Uh, so here's what it is: you got a hot dog. Usually, this is a garbage dog. Mm. It's like a you know with all the dirty water. Yeah, uh, it's wrapped in bacon. It's grilled. It's put on a split bolillo roll with beans, crema. Uh, oh no, I am absolutely forgetting. 
I'm going to have to look it up because I'm forgetting one of the ingredients. Uh, let's see. Do, 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 do. Oh, and Pico de Gallo. Oh, wow. that sounds good. It is lovely. And if you're in Tucson, Arizona, and you happen to go to um, uh, El Guero Canela, which is it's a great little sit-down restaurant. And the best restaurants in Tucson, you can tell because all the windows are uh, have iron bars over them like a diamond merchant's. Fun. Yeah, because there's, there's a lot of sh- inside. There's a there's a lot of shootings, but still absolutely fantastic. Well, let me let me give you one more. Like uh, here in um, so I grew up uh, with the the Coney Dogs from Detroit, even though I grew up in the Lansing right. area in Michigan. Uh, but here in Philadelphia, I've never had one because it just actually doesn't sound good to me. Uh, it's the Texas Tommy is theirs here, mm. where you actually take a hot dog, split it in half, grill it, then you put. Uh, cheddar or American cheese in the middle of that, and then wrap uh, bacon on it. Let's put it on a bun. I don't know about the American cheese. That's and and if and if you go if you go to uh, Wikipedia, it says some versions may have a high cholesterol and fat content. <laughs> well, thank you, thank you, Wikipedia writer. I I wouldn't have figured that out from the description of wrapping a hot dog in bacon and putting cheese inside of it. Thank you. Here, uh, and maybe putting cheese which... whiz on top of that. Oh, yeah, good lord. Whiz or without whiz? Wit whiz or without whiz? Yeah. You get a wit whiz, RJ? Provolone. That's what I want to hear. Uh, so, uh, Vincent Price's, by the way, it's uh, onion sauteed in butter, and uh, uh, the hot dog is wrapped in bacon. Oh, okay. Ooh. Yeah. Wow. All right. I know. That's quite a bit, but... So, well, John! I'm, I'm oh, the person who'll spend the extra on, like, when I go to the ballpark... The, you know, the regular hot dogs that they sell, I can't eat those. I will spend like $10 on a hot dog. Like a fancier See, one? See, I like the regular, yeah, I like I, a regular old ballpark frink. You can't. I, I like those uncured ones. but Put the onions, yeah, onions and mustard on there and relish. Yeah. And that's See, I'm, oh, so I love good. them all because when I'm in New York, I, get, I, I will literally live on dirty water dogs. I love them. Wow. I know they're full of disease, but I think they're terrific. <laughs> Go to Sonora, go to Agueda Canela, and get myself some Sonoran dogs. Up here, I go to Dog in the Park or Comet because there's there's sober and there's drunk hot dogs. Uh, uh, okay. The the drunk hot dogs are at the Comet Tavern. You get them around two in the morning. The sober hot dogs you get at Dog in the Park around two in the afternoon. Okay, got it. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I love them all. Like I I love a dirty water dog. I love a good like slow grilled Polish dog. Hot and dogs people, are great. And people will be uh, bothered by this, too, but um, I, I also enjoy uh, fake hot dogs. My wife is vegetarian, and grilling mm. those things, you give them the grill, and they go all nice and charred up, and you put stuff on that. Yeah. I've, even, I've even at one time, I've made a, um, a vegan coney sauce that tasted super similar to the real thing, and it tasted amazing Ooh, one time. Nice. Chopped nice. up yeah, the onions on Ar- there, put the mustard on Oh, it was great. Yeah. There used to be a place in Ann Arbor called Red Hot Lovers, which yes! is like... Yes! Oh, God. Red Hot there? Lovers. Red Hot Lovers. And they had, yeah, they worked... had a really good veg- veggie dog. Yeah, it wasn't bad. It I, was I, so I, good. Yeah. I worked downtown yeah. for several years uh, at MLive.com, and we used to go there for lunch. And this one co-worker of mine, uh, their cheese fries at Red Hot Lovers, um, they would take uh, waffle fries, put them in the little paper boat thing, take a yeah. huge block of cheddar cheese, put it on top... Then put it in this device that would just melt the enormous block of cheddar cheese <laughs> over the waffle fries. Pull it out, and it's just congealed and thick. And I, at age forty-two, I cannot conceive of even eating 
uh, part of such a thing. But back then, yeah. it's like, oh, I have like four or five. Yeah. Oh, your fries there. But it's just, it was, it was like ninety percent cheese. And the thing is, it was like, oh god. That's but like since that's like Cincinnati. Stuff, oh my yeah, god. Yeah, I. Yeah. How yeah. do we get John? I don't know. <laughs> I love this. I have no idea back. what's going on. It's just terrific. <laughs> because <laughs> here's dogs why. Are great. Here's why. Yeah. Because any Columbo involving food. You know, because there's a lot of Columbo episodes where there's like a food. I mean, right. oh, the guy's like, obsessed, with, one food, with, the, obsessed with, the with the eating, chili, yeah, it's like, whatever. Yeah, when yeah. you were saying, what should there be more of? There should be more eating and food and Columbo yeah. specifically. Yeah. Because I love how he, you know, like it, like in the later episodes, he's practically like a gourmet. But I mean, um, I love it when there's food involved, whether it's like a hard boiled egg or, right. yes. you know, yeah, like yeah. escargot. It's like, it's just the greatest. Yeah, it's fun. Yeah. The guy enjoys food. And he always seems like he hasn't had any before he gets to have yeah. to work in a murder. And so he and wants pretty some much more. Eat anything. Yes. Yeah, pretty you know, much. This is yeah. uh, I'm going to I think I'm I think I'm going to LA in October. So I think there's gonna have to be like I'm gonna have to try to recreate the hot dog Columbo tour. That or or look up look up Hollywood Steve Huey and ask him uh, for a taco joints. Oh, he could awesome. he could show you just some taco joints, I'm sure. That I'm just thinking like I gotta tacos. do the chili tour and a hot dog tour. Go down to that train museum or whatever it was. Get oh, no, there. that's still there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Yeah, where uh, you got the Larry Tate's... Anyway, father. I gave What's this up? episode a seven. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you, John. No uh, problem. <laughs> was that really it? Oh, no, no, seriously. Uh, okay. uh, it just... It, it dragged near the end. I don't think there were any highlights. I was a little peeved that they had Elizondo playing such an unflappable character, although I understand why. Right. It's because he's got to lose his cool at the end. But Plus, also, he had, he's a diplomat, which is part of it, too. He's a diplomat. Yeah. I just think it, it would have been great if he were less restricted, because he and Falk, I'm sure, would have been just, like, really coming off each other like uh, flint on steel, you know? You, know what? I, you say that now, and I think he might have been a good person to come back in the 90s for a better episode. Oh, yeah. He yeah. really would have. He would have made a good huh. killer in the 90s, too. Yeah. Um, or, you know what? He could have made a good uh, detective. I think he would have been really good as one of, like, Columbo's fellow detectives. Yeah. Well, he was kind of yeah. big enough in the 90s. I think he would have been, like, a co-star, I think. Yeah. Anyway, yeah so, <clears throat> yeah, so uh, uh, it's not a great episode. Uh, it's not the best episode that I think either the guy who wrote the story or the guy who directed it did, uh, even though they both did two. So that not doesn't sell much for them. And... I don't even think I would recommend this one to somebody who had never seen Columbo before, even though it's really in the formula. Right. Just because it does feel like there's too many unanswered questions, some plot holes. I, I said seven just as a joke because it's really it's, – it's six wonders from the Sawarian Gardens. Okay. But I would give it a six out of ten, yeah. All right. Fair enough. That sounds about right. Yeah. 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 All right. Well, Emily, mm-hmm. thank you for coming on and doing this. Um Thank you. Uh, if folks uh, want to see what you're doing, or actually uh, this coming fall, uh, if there are any students uh, who are going to University of Cincinnati and want to perhaps, uh, they're like, hey, I'm looking for a class. I'm looking for a class in contract law. Go Bearcats. That's sort of thing. Uh, what, what, what should they be looking up in the course catalog for next fall? Oh, my God. Has they... that been set up at all, or what should they be looking up? Like, uh, we want numbers, we want I'm... titles, we want everything. What? I'm on sabbatical in the fall. Oh, for quite a while. Okay. Spring but, semester. But, I spring mean, semester. They, they can just apply to law school 
And because contracts is like a required first year course. So okay. everybody has to take it. All right. Um, and then, you know, the, the other stuff I teach is like upper level and some of the stuff is like, you know, heavily tested on the bar exam. So I have tons of students, but you know, anyone who's thinking of being a lawyer should be because right now shit is fucked up. <laughs> you might want to, yeah. you might want to, like, you might want to take that out of your podcast. But no, no, we're yeah, we never swear. We all, we all know that she's lawyers right now. Yeah. yeah. Okay. They're crazy. Yeah. yeah. So, I, was, I was trying to join up, join up some extra business for your uh, classes, but all right, we'll just, we'll just go to general. <laughs> yeah, and, Fine, and, whatever. And, and the Bearcats are awesome. And you, Cincinnati is a great law school. So there's my little plug for UC. All right. So there we go. If anybody out there is <laughs> shopping around all, all of our, all of our, uh, college age listeners i'm certain we have <laughs> yeah, right. if you're looking for a law school you go right there you go right to uh, what, what's what's the website for the law school what's what's their address um it's it's law.uc.edu um, good url but, that's yeah. a very good simple url i like that yeah and it's but uh, but i also have i'm also the co-director of a center for the center for race gender and social justice so you can get to that from the homepage. okay and yeah all right great well yeah. Look that up, people in Cincinnati who are going to college. <laughs> there we go. All right, John, do you have anything coming up people should know about that you want to plug? No. Any appearance, well, any appearances for, uh, for, your, for your book? Your book's still out there for people to pick my, up? My book, The Legion of Regrettable Supervillains, is still out there. It's actually doing really well on Amazon and uh, was an American Book Association bestseller for the month of June. What? That's great. And, and another, another, terrific another good indicator is uh, when I go to Amazon... I see about 20 other books people are putting out that are <laughs> yeah, just like well, it. I don't I don't own the copyright on I know, but still, I mean they're book. even they're designing it to look the same for crying <clears throat> out loud. Yeah. But anyway, that's all I I just I'm just I look at the row, I'm like, well, c- "Come on, really? Come on." I fellas, can't I can't please. I can't be I can't be too mean because at least two of the guys doing it are like they've been doing this bit well, 20 no, years yes. long. Yeah, I, I know I know the one she's talking about. I was like, "Oh, oh he did one. Oh, okay, I might read that Good. One too. Glad to yeah. see. Can't wait to read it. But, Wish it didn't look like mine. Yeah, but yeah. yeah, it's like the exact. Same. Anyway, but anyway. But yeah, the Legion of Regrettable Supervillains is still out there. You can always check out the League of Regrettable Superheroes, the book that preceded it. Right. And uh, yeah, that's pretty good. All right, awesome. Well, that's the show for this time around. Uh, if you listen to other episodes, the podcast, you can go to jmtpodcast.com or look for us in the TV or film section of your favorite podcast app. Uh, while you're in there, if you want to leave us some sort of uh, positive review, we wouldn't mind that. That kind of helps us in whatever sort of listings, even though we've got, like, what, 10 of these left. Boy, it wouldn't hurt to finally crack that top 800 in iTunes if we could uh, see your way through to doing that. Wow. Uh, we have other uh, other up- updates and content on uh, Tumblr. Uh, John wrote a couple times here. Uh, he puts up screen grabs. We post uh, things other people on the internet have put up about uh, Columbo, uh, other sort of ephemera. Uh, we come across it's JMT Podcast at Tumblr.com. And we do the same over on Twitter, J O M T Podcast. We like uh, seeing people post things, we'll repost things. Oh, there's that uh, wonderful uh, uh, Christopher Cooper, or otherwise known as the artist Coop, uh, posted a wonderful link this week that uh, someone's trying to get oh, yeah. a, Colum- a Columbo Lego set going. Like if they get like a, a crazy. <laughs> that would be amazing. I know. It, it's like if you, if you go to our uh, Twitter, it's on there. Uh, you can click. You can yeah. vote on Lego.com. If they get a crazy number of votes, they will make a, a little set of a uh, Columbo, uh, the dog, and uh, the car. Which that would yeah. be wonderful. So go ah. check that out and uh, vote for that because that was the thing I would definitely drop. 
How much those 50, things cost these days? About 50, 60, probably. 50, 60 oh my for God. a little car me, in the garden? They're, they're expensive. They're Let expensive. me tell you, Ugh. we have so many Legos at our house. I mean, the yeah, 50 or 60 easily. Like for those yeah. giant sets or, or for, for a tiny? For the giant, the giant sets giant. are like 120 or 200. What? Yeah, like, my yo, no, my, my kids have like these Star Wars, you know, like like the Millennium Falcon right, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Those, those things cost like... 120 good lord like you know there are ones that cost like 380 i mean it's kind of crazy they still make lincoln logs uh, i don't do. know anyway uh, still make- well actually uh, let me, hey, let me kids, interrupt here kids, not- kids lincoln logs huh come on <laughs> the only limit is your imagination with those yeah you can uh if you want to make a cabin or you want to put a bunch of logs on the ground you've got everything you need tinker toys <laughs> uh tinker toys two other oh, come on kids. two other things coming two other things by the way related to Columbo. besides the lego yes it looks like there's going to be a Columbo con next year what <gasps> where what's this, this is in me. in london oh well pff, yeah okay let me get the details and make sure that's actually happening and not a fantasy and then the other thing is uh Columbo's 50th anniversary is next year oh my oh. gosh wow because oh, of course uh, the first episode right, right, right. was the was the movie in 68, so yeah, we're coming up on 50 cow. years. Yeah. Uh, and much, much like the campaign I'm running for Jack Kirby right now, uh, a bunch of Columbo fans are trying to get a Google Doodle done. Oh, for, for that? To honor Columbo. That? So I will, I'll post some links to that, and if Great. you want to try to get some uh, Google Doodles done for Columbo, you can follow up with that. All right, Wait, yeah, I'm so sorry. there you go. What's a Google Doodle? It's like uh, when there's some sort of official <laughs> history or anniversary, if you go to the homepage of Google, like their logo will be turned into something else. Oh, you mean, oh, that's really cool. Right, yeah. So hopefully that, so you know what, folks, if you want to find out about all this stuff, you just follow us on Tumblr, JMT Podcast, follow us on Twitter, JMT Podcast. There you go. And we'll talk to you about it right here on the show, which you can get at jmtpodcast.com. So there we are. Tweet tweet your favorite hot dogs at us. That's right. We'll repost, <laughs> we'll repost your favorite hot dogs this week, everybody. It, it, it's mostly going to be people uh, from, from Britain. I don't know if they have hot dogs. It's just going to be like gray no. sausages. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. Bunch of bangers. That's all it is. Language. I'm sorry. Anyway. Uh, but also, if you want to write to us, we like getting your email. It's a good ones lately. Uh, it's it's a Columbo at thecitydesk.net. All right. That's show for this week. I'm RJ White. I'm John Morris. And we'll talk to you next time. Bye. Go Bearcats. <laughs>
My theory is that Columbo is pragmatic about the murders when he investigates them. The act has already happened, he can't do anything about it, and he knows he will catch the culprit. But when a murder happens or is attempted while he's on the case, he takes it personally as it's something he could have prevented. Exhibit A... A stitch in time. Columbo gets angry at Leonard Nimoy when he attempts a second murder. Uh, Exhibit B, an exercise in fatality when a woman attempts suicide as a result of the murderer. Both instances are times when the murderer has committed another crime right under his nose and Columbo's sense of justice is upset. Uh, Just one more thing. Uh Uh, Thanks for the podcast. It's a pleasure to listen and has been making my walks to and from work fly by. Thank you so much. And uh, I like that theory. I think that pretty much Yeah, I know. I think so too. Uh, Next up is Megan Image. That's not a real name. Megan Image <laughs> writes, Hi, John, RJ, Tom, Gypsy, and Crow. What, I've no listened Campbell? to your podcast for a while now, and I enjoy the Who Should Have Been on Columbo segment. I don't know much about actors myself, grateful for Wikipedia, so I've never really had ideas of my own. Consider David Duchovny as a guest on 90s Columbo. Hmm. Mm-hmm. I really think he'd make a good killer, but he'd be perfect as either the victim or the poor bastard. They could maybe have him spout some vague government conspiracy paranoid theories and have the murder just be something incredibly personal. A guy just wants someone else's money and or a hot wife, that's it. Thanks again for the lovely podcast. Look forward to what you guys come up with after you've gone through all the Columbo episodes. Eh, so do we, I don't know. That's uh, Hot Dogs, Murder, She Wrote, and The Kinks. Yeah, so that's it, yes. Uh, uh, our next letter, David Jennings writes, I only recently found the podcast, thanks to Jen Ashley Wright, and hey! of course, I'm sorry. Has our thanks as well. And uh, congratulations on the recent marriage with her and Daniel Kibblesmith. They look very they were... happy in their photos. Oh, actually, I thought they were still engaged. I didn't know the married wedding actually happened. Oh, wow. Well. I thought the wedding did happen because oh. they've got a lot of little wedding photos. Anyway, uh, <laughs> anyway, so I recently found the podcast and I'm really enjoying it so far. In the spirit of giving the writers and producers too much credit, I had some thoughts about the filler scenes in episodes. I think of them... This is really good. I think of them as the episode Columboing the Viewers. They somehow both put you at ease and make you uncomfortable at the same time. Huh. They don't they don't belong, but they seem more right than wrong, and they seem pointless and like the show doesn't know what it's doing, the next thing you know, a murder is being solved. That's, that's I a like good that idea. A lot. That's, that's a really, really good big. idea. I would mean, watch him thinking of that rather than oh my god, they're padding out ninety minutes. So that's better. <laughs> or now two hours. And finally, from Tony Norton. Hi, I have two comments. One, I've seen all the Columbo episodes several times. I've listened to all your podcasts at least one time. That's all it takes. So now I find out which episode we broadcast the next day and listen to your podcast first, then watch. That's my system. It's good to have a system. Thank you. Two, you may have mentioned this. As many times as Columbo can't find something, his notepad, pencil, scrap of paper, evidence, or anything in his pockets, he always, at first reach, comes out with his badge. Oh. Yeah. Uh, That's a real good point. Yes. Thank you for your attention to the show. Well, thank you for your attention to our podcast. And like we said uh, a couple minutes ago, uh, if you want to write to us, send us emails. Uh, Hopefully we'll read them on the air. Columbo at thecitys.net. We like hearing from you what you think about the show and what you think about our show, too. Thank you. Thank you.